This episode originally aired as a part of my other podcast, Project Shadow. Over there, I have been doing world-building content for a while, and I'm currently moving it all over to this new podcast. New episodes will be appearing soon. I am currently making all of my old content, including Worldbuilding 101 and Worldbuilding 201, available on this podcast as Season 1 and Season 2 of Mythweaving. I hope you enjoy, and don't forget to have the fun. Mystery sits at the heart of the best worlds, of the best stories, of the best franchises, of the best series. A good mystery makes you wonder, makes you question, and best of all, makes you theorize. What's going to happen next? What are we going to do? Why is this happening? Are those things actually related to each other? These are the fertile grounds from which our stories arise and from which our readers glean hope and interest. So let's talk today about world building the Enigma Code on this episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset. And yeah, today we're going to be talking about the Enigma Code. But first, I, I want to say that in t- today is my 990th episode of this podcast, which does not seem real. We are 10 episodes away from uh, my thousandth episode. <laughs> And I want to do something special for it because, I mean, a thousand episodes, that's just crazy. Um, Yeah, so I I have a few ideas and a few notions, but if you have any ideas that you'd like to share about how to celebrate the thousandth episode of Project Shadow, I I would love to hear them because, wow, I, I can't imagine having done a thousand of anything much less a thousand episodes of the show where I get to talk to you wonderful people day after day, year after year for all this time. It, it's it's phenomenal. And I know if things had been different, this milestone would have happened a long time ago, but we're finally here. So let me know. How, how do you think we should celebrate our thousandth episode? L- let me know. All right. Thank you. Okay. So let's, let's get, go forward. I'm sorry. I'm I know it's weird when I blow my own mind, but I I do occasionally because it doesn't feel like I've been doing this for that long, but I have. Anywho. Okay. So the Enigma Code, or as it's sometimes called the Voice of Truth, or as Barth called it, the Hermeneutical Code. This is the mystery, the puzzle elements, the things in the story that need to be put together. They function as and the uncertainty. Their, their purpose is to bring curiosity out, both in us as a writer and our readers. Now, before I really delve too deeply into how this works, I want to say something really clearly up front. Because I think this is where a lot of writers go wrong and a lot of series go wrong. 
many, 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 many series neglect the Enigma code altogether. Many worlds don't have this as a part of their makeup. But some that do think that it doesn't matter what the solution is or that, well, we'll eventually figure it out when we get there. And yeah, I'm specifically calling out J.J. Abrams and his stupid mystery boxes that he creates all the time without any concept of what could be in them because it's the mystery that's important and not the actual solution to it. And you see how this works out in shows that establish mysteries that they do not know the answers to when they're forced to find an answer. You see this in books, you see this in comics, you see this in movies and TV shows. You see this all the time. You need to know the answer, whether or not you ever share it with anybody. And yes, maybe you end up changing your mind because you see through development of the story, oh, actually, that's a better answer than the one I originally came up with. That's all fine. But don't just expect yourself to find the right answer later. Develop your mysteries, develop your enigmas with an endgame in mind so that they'll at least feel satisfying. Even, even in the worst case scenario, they will be somewhat satisfying when our readers get there in the end. Okay? I just feel like I need to do a PSA on that real quick because uh, this is where so many worlds go completely off the rails and everything falls apart. Cloverfield is a very good example of this, just not to like beat the drum about JJ too much, but okay, so what does Cloverfield and 10 Cloverfield Lane and the Cloverfield Paradox and Overlord have to do with each other? It is a mystery! Okay, sure, fine, that's nice, but you know, we really need it to be done better. <laughs> so, please please, please figure out your answer, even if it's a tentative answer that might change. And there are good reasons for changing the answer when you get there. But the other thing not to do here, just to bring up a comics example, and I'm not going to call out the specific strip, but if you read comics, you know what I'm talking about. There was a certain series where an evil person was killing off all of the superheroes. And the audience put together the clues and figured out the end. And instead of allowing the audience to have the satisfaction of realizing that they figured out, they figured it out. At the last minute, the powers that be decided to change the end and make the actual perpetrator somebody else. In a way that made absolutely no sense with any of the work that had gone on before, because they wanted to maintain the surprise over the story. No matter what, story always comes first. Story has to be your first thing. It, the surprise doesn't matter if it's a good story. The structure doesn't matter if it's a really good story. The tension, the pace, none of those things actually matter if it is a good story. That, that is our first and primary objective in everything that we do is to tell a good story. So if people figured it out, well, okay, that's great, but make it as satisfying as it could possibly be when the revelation actually happens in the story. 
Don't just change it willy-nilly to be like, oh, well, actually, you were wrong because I changed it at the last minute, so you would be. That is not good for anyone. Satisfying stories is all we're here to do. Not a good... <laughs> story is first. Story is king. Story is queen. Story is above all. All right? There we go. PSA handled and done. So how do you actually do this? Well, if you actually, if you have an, a draft, if you have a rough draft, if you have a story, if you've been doing the work that we've talked about up until this point, see the playlists over at Spotify or previous episodes, just go backwards in time on the podcast, and you've developed your scourge, your hold fast, your value being pursued, your marvelous element, your inauthentic state, your up and down passages on the path, then you already have a place to start seeding these from. Start asking yourself, what is the enigma here? What is the question that this is begging to be answered? What confirms that? What denies it? What makes this interesting? What are the clues that are already present in the work that you've done? You may be able to mine out several enigmas already. Because remember, iterative process. I'll say that in every episode. This is an iterative process. So all the work we've done up until now, we're going to sit back, we're going to look at it, we're going to dissect it, and start asking ourselves, what are the puzzles, the mysteries, the enigmas, the questions that are being begged by the world and the elements that we have made so far? What are they? And start naming them, putting words to them. You need to try to find as many as make you happy. A series might only have one enigma in it, but it will have something. It might be what's going on in the mines, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, right? Is there actually an Ark of the Covenant? It's a simple enigma, but it is an enigma all the same. You don't have to get really clever. You don't have to feel the pressure to be really outlandish in how these are structured or where they come from or how they're built. There just needs to be a puzzle, some puzzle at the heart of your story, at the heart of your world, that makes people want to answer it. And also be careful actually answering it, because you might know the answer, but, well, midi-chlorians don't make everyone happy. So maybe consider whether or not you keep the answer to yourself so people can have the fun of guessing especially if the answer doesn't matter. If the answer doesn't impact your story, those are some of the best mysteries. When the answer doesn't impact the story, but it's so tantalizing that you can't help but speculate on it. So bear that in mind as well. You don't always have to tell the reader what the answer is. You should know it so that you don't do anything wrong or mess anything up along the way. But maybe... Not, not, not overshare. Don't, 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 don't tell people too much. I know what you're probably thinking at this point, but I'm not writing a mystery story. Well, what kind of a story are you writing? If it's a quest, there definitely should be an enigma at the heart of it. Maybe even a few. Each of the problems they have to face might want to be one. What kind of a story are you telling? Is it a romance? If it's a romance, 
then the enigma could be something in their past. Everybody loves a good mysterious past, right? Or what actually brought them together? Or what's secretly keeping them apart? You see, you don't have to, don't overthink it. I, I don't think I can say that enough, especially for the enigma code. Don't overthink it. Find something that you think could be the puzzle. Find out what questions it wants answered and start exploring that. Build it out and see what could be a red herring, what could make it better, what could really destroy it. Test it, play with it, see what happens. Do not feel stressed by it. If you're having a hard time figuring out what your enigma is, let me be very simple here. It's the theme of your book. If you can't find any of these other special little magical hidden nuggets inside your world building, that value being pursued that we talked about at the very beginning of this process, that's it. Now, how does that get built into the setting? How does that become part of the puzzle of the setting? You build that in, you have your Enigma code. It really is that simple and hard all at the same time. It is the theme that runs through your story. It's one of the themes that runs through your story. It's the many themes that run through your story. However, you're structuring your story. So if you don't have a big secret, like who's the man in the iron mask, that's fine. That's perfectly all right. You don't have to have one and you shouldn't feel pressured to. But your theme will function in your narrative, in your world, as the enigma. Because it will be the question. It will be the puzzle everyone is solving. Say justice. Say you're writing a thriller and your hero is seeking justice. Justice is a puzzle. Justice is a mystery. How is, he, how is your hero going to find it? How are they going to put the pieces together? How are they going to attain justice? There's your enigma. It doesn't have to be overthought. It doesn't have to be overly complex, and it doesn't have to be some spooky power out in the hinter regions that threatens everything. It can be as simple or as complex as the world you're building requires it to be. There's nothing wrong with a simple enigma. The great enigma in the Harry Potter books and one of the things that really brings those stories together is love. Love is the theme in all of those books. And you can see how it functions as the Enigma Code from book to book to book. If it wasn't for just the basic love one human should have for another, and the common courtesy to realize when you've done something wrong, Harry and Ron would not have gone and helped Hermione when she was stuck with the troll. But they did, and they became friends, and thus the pieces of the puzzle start being put together. And you see this from book to book to book as different parts of the puzzle of what does love mean get brought up, get tested, and get put into their places. And it becomes the through line from beginning to end of the series. Yeah, it's simple. It's clean. It's very straightforward. And Harry Potter doesn't require anything that deep. It doesn't. We have other enigmas that are put in, the Horcruxes. We have the Goblet of Fire. We have many others that are added throughout time. Who is Sirius Black? Why is he after Harry? 
right? These are all little enigmas that get added throughout the story. But the main one for the world, at least as it was constructed in the original books, was love. It was just taking the theme, breaking it apart into its constituent parts, and you see how fellow feeling works. How does friendship work? How do romantic relationships work? How do mentor-student relationships work? How do familial relationships work? How does love work on all of these levels? And how does love combat hate? And we see that throughout the series, building one upon another in, in the lessons that Harry learns, and that's the Enigma Code. So if that's all you need to do, then do that. Don't think that you need to be grand or really clever about it. If you, if you can, do it. Have fun with it. But also, don't forget to throw in your snares, your traps, your little pitfalls along the way. How can you trick a character into thinking that maybe they might be wrong? Maybe Dumbledore doesn't have our best interest in heart. Maybe he didn't know what was actually going on. Maybe we don't know. Those little trips, those little things that kind of nudge you away from truth and nudge the readers away and mislead both the reader and the character from time to time. Don't forget about using equivocation and mixing fraud and truth. Because then the mystery is even heightened. It's heightened even more. You have to start weeding out what is true and what is false. Once you start realizing, oh no, the truth and the lies have been mixed together, part of this is true, part of this is not, even in a simple story, things become more complex. Think about everything that Harry learns about Dumbledore and about Snape and about all of the other characters throughout the story, about Sirius Black, right? Truth and lies are mixed together. And that mystery of having to sort it all out is a big part of what makes those stories work as well as they do. Find ways to try to trip up your heroes your villains, your readers. Hold back the answer as long as necessary so that they can try to figure it out, to tease it out, because that's where the fun is. Think about partial answers that you can seed throughout the story, little bits, glimpses of the eventual revelation that can help people along the way as they're trying to figure out what is actually going on. The Enigma Code is one of the trickier ones to get into our stories, and especially into our worlds. And if we want to do it right, it should be built into the world. If you remember from our episode on the story focus, once we actually pick a story to write, we draw a little bitty circle inside everything that we've done and condense everything there to build a story from it. So if the enigma is not already built into the world, it can feel a little out of place. You see this with the Wizarding World movies. Again, not, not to beat on J.K. Rowling, but this is one of the reasons why those don't feel like Harry Potter. And even with the mixed results that we got from the sequel trilogy, those do still feel like Star Wars movies. Because even with some of the missteps that were made along the way, at least basics remain in each of the movies. Those do feel like things that could happen in this world, 
but they're not really, some of them aren't things that we wish would have happened or would have preferred to have seen happen, but at least they feel like they could have happened within the Star Wars that we know. And I don't want to debate that. I, I don't. So don't, don't try me. This is why these questions should arise in your world building. And like I said, if you don't have a clever idea, just remember to pick up your theme, pick up your value that's being pursued and its counterpoint, the Scourge, and figure out how they play an important role throughout the story in the various elements. And that will build an enigma inside your story. It will. It will naturally arise. Alrighty. I hope this has been helpful for you. All right. I don't want to end the episode today, but it's time. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to discuss on the show, in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you. If you'd rather hit me up on social media, I am C. Dorset on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. If you, by some miraculous blessing, have a buck you can throw my way to help out in these troubled times, in the show notes, you'll find a link to both my Patreon and the listener support. Thank you to everyone who does that. It really does mean the world to me. And it's very helpful, especially now with everything going on. If you don't have any money right now, trust me, I, I completely understand. Please don't feel any pressure. And even if you just don't want to help, that's perfectly all right too. If you know anybody that would like anything that I do, please share it with them. That helps out more than you could possibly know. With the amount of time, energy, and money that I have to spend promoting the podcast so that people know that it exists, any help that you can give that way, that is such a benefit. I mean, you have seriously have no idea. Thank you so much to everyone who has helped out over the years. And don't forget, if you have any ideas for the 1,000th episode, let me know. All right? All righty. Thank you so much for listening. And stay at home. Stay safe, stay well, and don't forget to have the fun. Bye.